Hey everyone, thanks for joining us on the Double Click Podcast. This week we continue our part two in Redemption, talking about obedience. Alright, so for those of you who are really paying attention, last week I know we said that that step two was going to be willingness, right? Because Mm -hmm. we talked about do we desire redemption or why we don't desire redemption in seasons. And then we said, hey, next week we're going to talk about when we're willing to like make a move and make an action step. But as we begin to talk about it, we realize the word's probably not willingness. It's, it's actually obedience, mm-hmm. which led into a whole rabbit trail of things that we're probably going to dive into some of these. But just kind of to review, kind of to take you on the journey in case you're picking this one up. Last week, one of the key things we talked about was the reality that that redemption's an abrasive, change-oriented word. Mm. It means that you've got to move and act and do something. And so when we look at that within our lives, we really started to, th- to think about the fact that, first of all, you have to desire it. You mm-hmm. have to say and acknowledge and know and say, hey, I want to make this change. And then we moved into more of the action step point because one of the analogies we could put with this to understand the connection on this road to redemption, so to speak, is... Think about it as eating healthy or working out. You can desire, I desire mm-hmm. to eat healthy, but am I willing to make the changes or am I willing to obey the rules of life to eat healthy? Right. And that's very different. And so that's where we're kind of drawing the line and we're dancing between these two mental or spiritual journey points, so to speak. And so when we look at obedience, we just get this whole gamut of questions that start to come in. And one of the ones we threw out there that we really started with was can you really be obedient without a, when we're talking about this in the relational and spiritual sense and following God's will and his direction for your life, can you really be obedient on the relational side without a desire? Or Justin, I think you said it was, there's a difference between obedience and obeying. Yeah. You know, if you, if you look at those two words, uh, anybody can, can obey. There's a difference between, obeying and being obedient so obeying is just an action you you understand that there is a consequence whether positive or negative and so you make a response to that and you go okay i'm going to do what someone's told me to do obedience is more of a a character trait or a way of life something that's within you to go hey you know what i want to live a life of obedience to the lord or to to an authority to go i'm going to surrender kind of my what i what i think i need to do the direction i need to go and i'm going to be obedient to a higher calling or a higher yeah. movement over my life. And so one is more shallow, I think, which is just obeying. Anybody can just obey. You know, if you tell a dog to sit, the dog's going to sit. Um, that's just kind of a, a simple illustration. But obedience is a, is a mental choice, I think, to go, hey, I'm going to live my life in a way that um, it's going to be one of obedience and I'm going to surrender daily uh, to the Lord. Yeah, and I think like part of the way I break break this down in my mind to kind of understand the difference is one of those has a relational desire, mm. which is obedience mm-hmm. is the way we're way, way we're using these words, and we know that they have probably different dictionary definitions. Yeah. We're just using them to help us mentally understand what's going on. But obedience has a concern, a heart, a relational yeah. aspect that doesn't necessarily focus on task, mm-hmm. meaning like, hey, I want to know this person better. I want to please yeah. whatever. I, so I'm going to move forward with it. Whereas obeying has this kind of undertone of uh, behavior modification. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things like, especially like, you know, 
over a decade of student ministry, that was one of the key battles I always fought, is there was this mentality of, you know, I'm going to put this in a in a Southern draw. We need to get them kids to act right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and so there was this battle going on of, no, we need to get them to desire a deeper relationship with God, yeah. and then the actions will take care of yeah. it. Yeah, I think what you're getting at is, like, there's obeying can be this begrudging kind of, oh, all right, fine, I'll do it. Obedience, and, and I know in both cases you could you could have obedience with that as well, but for right. the case of this, this podcast, yeah. what we're getting at is obeying is that kind of begrudging thing. Obedience is that, like you said, it's relational. I, I care about the give and take within this relationship. I care about this person. And so I'm going to willingly and with a positive attitude go, all right, I'm going to live a life. I'm going to be obedient in that sense. I'm going to live a life of obedience. I'm going to obey, not begrudgingly, but with joy, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, so sidetrack. Okay. Right. Confession time. Loaded question. You ready? Yeah. Uh, I'm confessing, or you're confessing? Oh, we both will. But I okay. just, I'm going to throw a question out there that we both have to answer because this one like just popped into my brain, and I haven't thought through my own answer yet. Here we go. So, as a pastor, who is somebody like that, you kind of have have eyes on you. Like you're you're supposed to be above reproach. Mm-hmm. Are there certain things you do or don't do purely because it's an obey pressure? Like it's something you don't really like care about, but like, oh, well, you know, otherwise if I wasn't in this role, I would do this. But the only reason I'm not is not because relationally I care. It's just so that I don't have to deal with griping. Uh... Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I can't. I can't necessarily think of anything specific, but I'm sure that's that's it. I mean, I, you know, I you you're saying not to go to a super deeper level with this. It's just kind of a, eh. I just don't want to deal with the the ramifications, right, of, so yeah. I'm not going to do it. But I mean, I for me, I can't divorce the two. I can't separate the two to go. Uh, yeah, I just don't want to hear somebody say something, so I'm so not. I think, but maybe maybe uh, you know, I'll I'll even say what it is. Tattoos, right? Like I'm not going to get my name tattooed across my neck. That would be that would that would be great, man. Yeah, uh, but you know, just but Brunch, you know, right across the neck. If, if you if you if you if you have that, I don't have an issue with it, you know. But I'm not going to do that because I'm sure that would be people would say something, right? See, that's a good that's a good thing. I wasn't even thinking about that, but like, I want a tattoo, mm. like I actually do. But one of the biggest things that has held me back is like, you know, there's there's this aspect, and I'll, I'll go ahead and say that one. That one does have to do with more relational. Like, the, yeah. that one, there's a relational in mind. Is like, if I'm going to have to re-explain it before I get there, there's part of me that goes, that's super high maintenance. Yeah. But there's also part of me that goes, like, that's going to put a question mark in somebody's head that I need to have and I want, I desire to have a good relationship with. Yeah. I think the one that I probably just, like, on a maintenance level, just like, hey, I'm not going to bother, is, like, uh, would be T-shirts. Mm. Like going through my wardrobe, and this is just me thinking about this. I have maybe three or four T-shirts that actually say something, mm. meaning like it might be like a little bit witty or nippy or sarcastic, and I just never wear them. Like I wear them around the house when I'm painting or doing something disastrous, <laughs> even though I'm probably a sarcastic person, right? Like even though I no not, not funny you. yeah right. thanks John <laughs> like even though like I would see like oh that's really funny um you know like like because okay so like like in my head because I'm a sarcastic person we've been through like the season with like 
lots of things about COVID and shots and all this. And I'm one of those, like, I'm, I don't know if I'm either, really either on either side because, and so I've always been like, oh, I'm going to get a sticker that says this. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, like, man, if, if I was not a believer, not a pastor, like, it would just be hilarious and right. I'd be okay with the tension right. it caused. Right. But it's one of those, like, no, I can't do that. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, I, and, that, and again, I think we all... We all have those things, regardless of if you're a pastor, or if you're not. But I think as pastors, there there is that I don't want to say pressure, but there's just that awareness that yeah. we have to have. But for me, again, most of them most of them would boil down to a relational thing. Yeah, it's not it's yeah. not just a shallow kind of ah, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to hear about it. It's a man. If I do this, this could harm a relationship. And I, and I know that's a rabbit trail. Well, well, thing, but, but I think I think what we're talking about is we're talking about this redemption aspect, and we you know we got a little sidetracked as we do, um, <laughs> but I think like when we're talking about this obeying versus obedience, um, because I think the obedience path is the action step towards redemption. Yeah, I think the obeying path is delaying the inevitable, delaying the pushback, delaying the yeah. consequence. Because I think even in in, in experience helping people talk through difficult situations or um, things they've mishandled, like one of the first questions you ask somebody is like, okay, are you remorseful because you want to mend this relationship? Or are you remorseful because you got caught? Yeah, right. Because you got found out. Which, I mean, all sin, you you eventually get found out, right? right? It just, that's right. how it happens. God knows. God knows, yeah. yeah. But going back to, you know, the, the tattoos and t-shirts conversation, those illustrations that we were rambling about, you know, having, going, hey, I don't want to do this because it could be a stumbling block. It could harm a relationship. There's, I need to think deeper about it. That to me is living a life of obedience to go, yeah. you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to obey God. I'm going to kind of obey the 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 guardrails of my profession and my calling to go I'm a I'm a pastor I'm a shepherd of people I don't want to lead anyone kind of yep. wobbly down this path of of righteousness and so I'm going to I'm going to live a life of obedience and not do these things versus just going um you know I don't really don't care what people think I'm going I'm going to just I'm going to not wear it cuz I don't want to hear so and so gripe about it today that there's nothing deeper there you're not really leading or shepherding people there's there's no there's no character really in that. Other, it's just kind of a lazy. Well, I don't want to deal with it. Today. Well, take it outside of the pastor realm to like what any parent faces once they have sure. children, right? Yeah. So one of the areas that changes really quickly because you relationally care is what you watch, mm-hmm. right? For most people, like that 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 are, you know, Netflix, let's binge a show or whatever. As soon as you have children, even what you watch when the children are not around changes. Mm-hmm. And you do that relationally, right? Because you care about them and what's going on. And that's where, when we turn this back to the redemption within the eyes of God, as God redeems us conversation, I think that's where you start to get into these gray area conversations that start to get traction. And here's what I mean by that. So there's there's things that have existed in my entire life that are those questionable activities that aren't explicitly mentioned in scripture. Like they might be referenced, but there's not something you can go to that says, do this, don't do this. But you find yourself having tension with it. Mm. You find yourself having and arguing back and forth with, uh, well, is this something I need to do? Is this something I don't need to do? Does this need to be a part of my life? Does this need to be taken out of my life? 
And when you begin to break that down and go, okay, is your goal to obey so you don't have to deal with the consequences or is your goal obedience so you can grow closer? Mm. All of a sudden, that takes a very different twist. Mm -hmm. That takes areas that are questionable and makes you go, you know what? I'm not even going to risk it. Right. You know why? Because relationally, I want to be obedient to my heavenly father. Right. And that's that kind of changes the game. And that's one of those areas where I have to acknowledge my brain will try not to think about it. Mm-hmm. Because you know relationally what the cost is. Right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if you're just obeying, you're walking as far as you can up to the line and pushing the line. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And that's what you... Because, because really, you're... You're not doing that because relationally you want to connect on a deeper way with God. You don't want this sin to be in the way. You don't want to rebel against Him. But you just want to pursue the thing we talked about last week. Like, you don't want to be redeemed from that area. You want to fall away from the redemption, right? right? And so that's one of those areas I look at that. And when you start to talk about obedience on this path of redemption. And I think the other thing is, is like, obedience feels... As a word, like maybe I can just throw this out there. Obedience as a word feels negatively abrasive to me. Yeah, I mean, I think you could look at that, um, you know, maybe it's unhealthy, but an unhealthy parent-child relationship, you know, like, I'm going to slap your wrist if you're not, yep. if you don't obey, or you're, you're getting grounded, or, um, you know, it's it's kind of like a, I think for a lot of people, it's a, you get in line you shape up, yep. right? And, and it's, and it's a, but we don't look at it from the, that's more for, I guess, from looking at it from a child standpoint or the person on the receiving end of that, but the, the, the discipline side of that, but obedience to go, Hey, if I want my child to listen to me, Hey, don't walk out in the road. I need you to obey. Don't walk out in the road. That's not to, to harm my child. That's to actually protect and, yeah. and keep my child safe. And so I think that oftentimes we, we lose out on the, the positive consequence of obeying because we, we just look at it as that abrasive word. Right. And that I mean, it's, Oh, I got, I got to get in line, but there's, yep. but there's a reason that you need to get in line. Yeah. And that's, that's to grow closer that, that obedience, having that heart of obedience and understanding, okay, God doesn't want me to do this. I don't yep. need to do this. Not just, not just for the sake of not doing this action or doing the action, but it's, it's in, in pursuit of growing closer to him. Yeah, and I mean that's you know part of it's like the uh, the psychology of being uh, a '90s kid and growing up with grunge music, right? Like, okay. like there's a, no, I'm just serious. <laughs> like, there's this aspect, and I, I think every generation can claim this, where you kind of instinctively have been told, and and we're born this way, like we need to rebel, mm. right? So yeah. when I hear the word obedience, that's actually telling me what I need to push against. Yeah. Yeah, and so I've had to I've had to do some within my own self some prayerful and mental exercise to like retrain my mind to obedience being a putting it in the relational category yeah. instead of the draw in a box category. Yeah, no, that's I think that's great because I think maybe that's why a lot of people push away from from God, right? Because he's just this guy up in the sky going, "Don't do that, do right. that, don't yep. do that," and and if we let it in there. Then we've we've missed it completely. Yep. It's a hey, I'm putting these rules. I'm asking you to obey as a pursuit of me, as a pers- as me pursuing you as a relational thing. I think that's a great that's yep. a great point to look at it from that relational collateral versus just a list of do's and don'ts. Yeah, and I think that's where, I mean, I can you can put that in a lot of context. 
Because, I mean, I, I do think there is um, the way humans operate relationally. There's a lot of things that echo in our earthly relationships that are patterns that are also true with God. So I think you can take that even to like, what if you put that word obedience in a marriage context? Hmm. And you're asking the phrases, are you being obedient to your spouse? Ooh. That's super abrasive, right? Mm-hmm. But why is that abrasive if we're defining obedience? And we even talk about the fact that all relationships have rules. Mm-hmm. Like, there are certain things that are do's and don'ts. There are certain things that that if you cross that line with somebody, it's it's a relational breaker. And for a lot of people, it's like deception and lying, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's mm-hmm. one that's very common out there is if you're misleading and you're lying, that becomes a relational deal breaker, but that's a rule. And so therefore that's something that you are wanting to be obedient with in not stepping across that rule. And so when we put it in that context and we'll just play a little game here. Okay. So for those of you who are married out here, like, are you being obedient to your spouse? And how does that feel? Because is your instinct not for the most part to, rebel is it to push back but if we're putting obedience in a relational context then essentially what you're doing is you're valuing the things that that person values and i want to be careful with that too Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. because there is a line there where what if that person values something unhealthy and that's the difference between relationships with humans versus relationship with gods there's nothing that he values that is not right and just and perfect right right. well and i think too when we look at whether it's a relationship with someone here on this earth or a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Um, We talked about this before previously, I think. The reason why that's so abrasive and the reason why that is such a hard thing to do is because obedience requires some form of surrender Mm. to self. To go, hey, I'm not, I'm putting the we before the me. I'm putting the you before me. I'm, I'm, I'm deciding to take the back seat. And I and maybe I need to obey and surrender. I mean, those words can kind of be synonymous, I yep. think, in, in a lot of instances. And we talked about this from just kind of the start of our lives here on earth. We're we're sinful, right? You know, a, a yep. baby a baby screams to get what it wants and because it doesn't know any other way. And so in a lot of a lot of ways we never grow out of that in our lives. We always kind of struggle with that and, and hopefully through God's grace and sanctification and growing closer to him, he helps break us of some of those things. But I think that's why obedience is hard. Is because it's you don't always get what you want when you obey, and a lot of times when a when a child mm-hmm. doesn't want to obey, it's because the child wants to go out on the road, and you say, "Nope, can't do it. You can't have what yeah. you want." You know, so it's and even as adults, hey, don't do this. Well, okay, well I have to obey that request from my spouse, but I, I'm not getting to do what I want to do. You know, and so I think that's why it can be so hard and abrasive for us, is because it's again, it's another dying to self. Yeah. Putting someone else before us. Well, I mean, it's that word that that everybody says, like, people don't like change, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're, if we're putting obedience in the steps of redemption or the path of redemption, then it's abrasive change. Right. It just is. And it can be a withholding from doing something. It can be a doing something. Yep. And there's an aspect where you have to desire and love God more than the what I want to do. Yeah. And I think part of, like, you know, part of the toxicity, I will say, of the kind of health and wealth movement from a decade ago or so that still exists out there is, well, God wants me to be happy. Mm -hmm. 
And there's an aspect of that that's true, but the catalyst with that is God knows what you need to be happy. You don't. Yeah. Well, my father-in-law put it this way. He desires our holiness over our happiness. Yeah. Yep. And 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 there's and and I will say this with a caveat with an with an asterisk, uh, like there there are some days that I really struggle with that yep. because I do think that God desires good for His people for those that that follow Him. I do think He He delights in seeing His children yep. being delighted, but I think ultimately if He had to choose between happiness or holiness for us, holiness being a pursuit of Him and us becoming more like Him for His glory. He's going to choose that one every time. Well, but happiness in that definition is a slippery word Mm -hmm. that has to be defined because the happiness that your father-in-law is referencing there is the human-felt, immediate-in-the-moment happiness. The same happiness you get from a momentary satisfaction of sin that leads to disaster. Mm -hmm. And that's the one we fight against, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we are the little kid that... No, I want to eat this, and I want to eat it now, even though it's going to make me throw up later because I've had too much candy, right? Right. Like, I want to eat it now because I want the sugar rush. Like, I I want to taste taste that. And and that's one of those things that, like, man, it doesn't matter how deep you are in your faith. You battle that your whole life, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you battle those moments where, and, and I think part of, like, I'll go ahead and say this. With mature believers, I think part of the difficulty is... We've learned to mask it so well, mm-hmm. but it's still there. Yeah, if you if you if you heard that and you feel like, well, I'm not battling with anything, then you're in the middle of a battle <laughs> and you just don't know it. Like, I, I think we we've talked about this until we get to the other side of heaven, where where God is, we're broken. We we will continue. We talked about this with temptation, right? Yeah. We kind of get victory yep. over that temptation. Guess what? There's another temptation after that. There's another there's another struggle point that's that's got us in its sights. Absolutely. Well, we are running out of time. We thank you for listening. We hope that as we kind of talked through and audibly processed uh, our understanding of this and what God's leading us in, that it helped you think more, dive deeper, and just has pushed you to spend some time in prayer in relationship with God today, diving into His Word. Uh, We thank you for listening. Once again, if you have any questions, comments, want us to cover anything, you can reach out to us at matt at richfork.com or justin at richfork.com. Send us an email. Let us know how we're doing. We thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.